the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Now, why do false prophets stay away from the atonement of Christ? Because that's the heart of our faith. That's it. For them to proclaim Christ and his substitutionary atonement would be to proclaim that entrance into his kingdom is through a narrow gate, and they don't want you to know that. They don't believe it themselves, and they don't want you to believe it. They're not going to preach that. They want you to continue on the broad road that leads to destruction. In some countries, if you ask a person for directions, be careful. If they do not know the right directions, they will give you detailed, sincere, and completely inaccurate advice that will get you totally lost. They want to be helpful, even if their help is worse than no help at all. Sadly, there are an awful lot of church leaders who will send you down the wrong road as well. And bad spiritual directions will have eternal consequences if not corrected in time. Hello, this is Peter Silseth. I'd like to welcome you to Verse by Verse, a Bible class of the air taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Here on Verse by Verse, we have an opportunity to study all the doctrines in the Bible because Pastor Steve teaches the entire Word of God, not just the comfortable parts. One highly uncomfortable passage is the warning Jesus gave us about false teachers. It's near the end of the Sermon on the Mount. Our main text is Matthew chapter 7, verses 18 through 20. So if you have your Bible, keep a marker there, and let's take a look now at 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. 2 Peter 2, for example, verse 2, many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of truth will be maligned, and in their greed they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. In these two verses, he tells us that they are They are loose in their morality. They are sensual. He tells us that they are greedy. They'll exploit you with false words. And then jump down to verse 14. Having eyes full of adultery that never cease from sin. That's all they're thinking about. Their own sexual pleasures. Enticing, unstable souls. Having a heart, notice this, trained in greed. They're not just greedy, but they train themselves like an athlete goes to the gym to prepare for competition. An athlete disciplines himself for an upcoming event. They discipline themselves by by training themselves in greed. And, And Peter adds, they are accursed children, cursed by God. So the entire orientation of a false prophet revolves around one thing and one thing only himself and getting what he wants. His life is about money. It's about recognition. It's about prestige. It's about popularity, it's about power, and it's often about illicit sexual activity. Listen, in context, these are the Pharisees. These were those men who Jesus denounced. They were all about titles for themselves. They were all about, about sitting in the honored seats in the synagogue. 
If they lived in our day and age, they would correct you if you didn't refer to them as doctor, reverend, most reverend, all of that. These are those men who want to be popular and power is everything. These are those men who when they pass you, they want you to be impressed with them when, they, when you see them on the street. False teacher doesn't seek your best interests, nor does he seek to honor Jesus at all. It's all about himself. He seeks to promote and advance his own interests. Listen, beware of speakers who talk way too much about money and way too much about themselves. Men and women who want to brag about their so-called miraculous exploits or their extravagant style of living. They don't care about you. They don't care about you at all. It's all about them. All about them. They care only about themselves. And yet they'll tell you about all the miracles they were involved in. I I told you about the man that I I saw on the channel uh, some few years ago who said... uh, who said something to the effect of he just came back from a crusade in Africa and he said, we saw many raised from the dead. You saw many raised from the dead? Listen, if one person was truly raised from the dead today, he'd be on the cover of Time magazine. But this man said, we saw many raised from the dead. Another person I heard said, I know of someone who, who they didn't have to fly to Russia. They were just transported, you know, beam me aboard. I, I heard that. And I actually said to the, to the television, you liar. Nobody's ever had that. But this is the kind of stuff they want you to think is true because it makes them look good. And they live extravagantly. And they want to live more extravagantly. And they'll distort the picture of Jesus. They'll tell you he was a wealthy man. That's right. And they'll, they'll just twist the scriptures. Listen, There was a day, and you know that this happened many times, but specifically John chapter 7 speaks about this. There was a day that some questioned whether Jesus was a false teacher. That that is how people even today, that is for, for the most part how the religious Jewish community looks at Jesus, and that's how they looked at him back then. They questioned that and said he was a false teacher. How did the Lord respond? He responded in John 7, 18 by revealing the essential difference between a false teacher and himself. He said this, John 7, 18, he who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. Doesn't that just nail it? That's what a false teacher is. He who speaks from himself, he doesn't speak from God. He speaks from himself. He seeks his own glory. He wants to be exalted. But he said, he who is seeking the glory of the one who sent him, meaning himself, he is true and there is no unrighteousness in him. False teachers, Jesus said, seek their own glory. That's it. You see, folks, if you want to determine if a man is really a shepherd or a wolf disguised as a shepherd, evaluate if his life is characterized by by pride or humility. It's just a sure giveaway. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this. He wrote, a Christian can generally be known by his very appearance. The man who really believes in the holiness of God and who knows his own sinfulness and the blackness of his own heart, the man who believes in the judgment of God and the possibility of hell and torment, the man who really believes that he himself is so vile and helpless that nothing but the coming of the Son of God from heaven to earth and going to the bitter shame and agony and cruelty of the cross could ever save him and reconcile him to God. This man is going to show all that is in his personality. He's a man who is bound to give the impression of meekness. He's bound to be humble. He writes, our Lord reminds us here that if a man is not humble, we are to be very careful about him. He can put on a kind of sheep's clothing, but that is not true humility. 
That's not true meekness. So the first test of a false teacher is the fruit of his character, the fruit of his conduct. Is he humble? Is he proud? The second type of fruit that we are to inspect is not just his character and conduct, but his teaching. What comes out of his mouth? What is his theology? What is his doctrine? Jesus laid down this this abiding principle from Luke 6.45. The good man, he said, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what's good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth what's evil. For his mouth speaks from that which fills his heart. That's a general truism that cuts across time. Whatever is in your heart will eventually come out. If you have God's spirit within you and you have a new nature and your character has been transformed, your words will reveal that. And likewise, if your character has never been transformed, bad things are going to come out. So what do false teachers reveal? How do they reveal in their teaching, in their words, that they're counterfeit shepherds? Well, as we've already seen, false teachers are very subtle and they're deceitful. Most of the time, they don't say outrageous things. They don't say outrageous things that are clearly heretical statements. I know they do at times, but, but many times they don't. And they don't because it would just be too obvious. We'd run them out of our churches. We'd take all their books and say they can't be in the Christian bookstore next to good books. And so you have to look at those truths that they fail to speak about. And the major doctrine that every false teacher fails to articulate and speak clearly about is the person and work of Jesus Christ. By person, I mean that he's full deity and full humanity, God and man in one person, and also his work, the, the meaning of the cross. Let me show you this. First John chapter 4, and the whole background of First John is about false teachers. And I might add the background of most of the New Testament letters concerns false teachers who threatened the believers. But first John chapter four says this beginning in verse one, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world by this. You know, the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist of which you have heard that it is coming and now is already in the world. Yes, there, there will be a world leader we call the Antichrist, but, but there are many Antichrists who have gone out. The very spirit and heart and teaching of an Antichrist is already out there. They always distort, false teachers always distort either the full deity of Christ or his full humanity. And they always, always misinterpret his death on the cross. Even though, now watch this, even though they may talk about God, And they may talk about Jesus, and they may, and they often do talk about the cross. But they don't mean what the Bible means. Listen to these wise, insightful words of Kent Hughes on this matter. False prophets, he writes, de-emphasize the substitutionary death and atonement of Christ. They may talk about Christ's death on the cross, but they do not have the vicarious substitutionary atonement in view. They may sentimentalize it. They even sing about it. But they do not believe it. Now, folks, listen to this. A prime example of this is Sir John Bowring, author of the magnificent hymn, In the Cross of Christ I Glory. He was an English Unitarian. He was hardly a believer in the atonement. And in case you're wondering, yes, John Bowring's Bowring's hymn is in our own sacred hymn book. 
It's number 184. Don't look at it now. Already checked it out. Which only indicates how careful we need to be to not mistake pleasant, sentimental words about the cross for orthodox, biblical teaching about the meaning of Christ's death. Here's a hymn that whoever put these hymns together in our book didn't even realize. This, is, this man is a Unitarian. He denies the deity of Christ. He denies the Trinity. And yet he's written some real nice words about the cross. Now, why do false prophets stay away from the atonement of Christ? Because that's the heart of our faith. That's it. For them to proclaim Christ and his substitutionary atonement would be to proclaim that entrance into his kingdom is through a narrow gate. And they don't want you to know that. They don't believe it themselves. And they don't want you to believe it. They're not going to preach that. They want you to continue on the broad road that leads to destruction. And you know what? Let me say this, because someone asked me in the first service. He said, do you think that these, these individuals know that, that they're from Satan? And they know? No, I don't think so. I don't think, usually they don't. I think they're very sincere men. I think they, from their own perspectives, they mean well. I don't think they, they realize what they're doing. But Paul said, as we saw last week, they deceive and they are deceived. They are deceived by their own wickedness. So the test is not their sincerity. You can be sincere and be very wrong. The test is the authority of the word of God. And so they speak much about God's love. They speak about the universal fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man. They never tell you how to be saved. That's why you'll never hear them speak about God's justice or his holiness, man's depravity, the need to repent, and other things we've already said. Because, remember, that would make people feel uncomfortable. That would disturb people. And a false teacher's message never disturbs anybody. Never. You're never uncomfortable. The only people uncomfortable are believers listening to this who know better. But nobody else is uncomfortable about it. Never makes you feel uncomfortable because it never confronts you with what you need to be confronted about your sin. When the Apostle Paul wrote his second letter to the Corinthians, he wrote about false teachers as, as no other place in Scripture. I'd like you to turn there to chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians. In Paul's battles with false teachers, he reveals in 2 Corinthians that false teachers had come into that church, that church at Corinth, and they had actually accused Paul of being a false teacher. And so much of 2 Corinthians, in fact all of it, is Paul defending himself. He, he really opens his heart like in no other epistle, and he defends himself, and in doing so, he exposes false teachers, but it's in a defensive mode. He says, and notice this, chapter 2, verse 17, this is what he was accused of, but he said they're guilty of it. For we are not like many, notice this, peddling the word of God, but as from sincerity, but as from God, we speak in Christ in the sight of God. The word peddling means that like con artists trying to sell something, these men corrupted the word of God in order to make it more appealing. They're hucksters. Well, how do they make it more appealing? How did they do that? Well, they did it the same way that false teachers do it today. They mix just enough biblical truth so that it sounds credible, but then they add pagan philosophy, unbiblical error. So it doesn't offend anybody. Do you understand? They'll add just enough evangelical vocabulary so that you think, well, they must be talking the truth. But it's mixed in with such pagan philosophy that it's not the truth at all. Paul essentially said the same thing in chapter 4 
verse 2. Notice this. He said, but we have renounced the things hidden because of shame. This is what he was accused of. He said, but we've renounced those things. Not walking in craftiness, and note this, or adulterating the word of God, but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to, to every man's conscience in the sight of God. To adulterate the word of God means to water down the scriptures. Like one would dilute wine by adding water to it. That's the thought here. So you see, what Paul is saying is that these false teachers will sell their message by giving people exactly what they want to hear. They'll make it more palatable so that you can, you can swallow it a lot easier. It's a diluted message that isn't hard to swallow. That's why they're so appealing. That's why they're so popular. They tickle the ears, as Paul told Timothy. So folks, be careful and be discerning about what you hear and who you read. Just because a teacher uses evangelical language doesn't mean he's an evangelical shepherd. Make sure he's right on the person and work of Christ. Make sure he doesn't sugarcoat biblical truth to make it more palatable. Now, we've looked at two areas of fruit that we're to inspect. There is a third one. Third area that we have a responsibility to look at is the results of his teaching. In other words, what does his ministry produce in the life of those who follow him? What kind of an influence does he and his teaching have on others? And the reason this is so important is because Jesus laid down an important principle in Luke 640. He said, a pupil is not above his teacher. But everyone, after he has been fully trained, will be like his teacher. It's, it's just the fact that if you, if you sit under a man's ministry long enough, you will begin to take on characteristics of that man, which is a frightening thing for you folks here at Lakeside. I realize that, but nonetheless, that's, that's true. So if pupils become like their teachers, then logically we have to say that those who follow false teachers become just like them. So what, do you, what will you see in the followers? You'll see the same arrogant pride, self-centeredness, self-seeking, self-promoting type of character and conduct and attitude that you would see in, in a false teacher that's just like them. But even beyond the kind of people that follow a false teacher, Scripture teaches that the results of a false teacher's life and the, the results of his teaching, his doctrine, are disastrous to those who who listen. Let me show you. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now the background of 2 Timothy once again is all about false teachers. It's Paul's last letter to Timothy. He wants to tell him to guard the truth, pass it on to the next generation, but he also has to warn him about false teachers. And he says in 2 Timothy 2.14, remind them, that is remind the church of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless. And notice this, it leads to the ruin of the hearers. Listening to false teachers will lead to the ruin of its hearers. Verses 16 through 18. But avoid worldly and empty chatter. Now what he's talking about is speculative nonsense that the false teachers wanted to engage people in genealogies and myths and stuff like that. He said, but avoid worldly and empty chatter for it will notice this. It will lead to further ungodliness. So it leads to ruin, leads to further, further ungodliness. Verse 17, and their talk will spread like gangrene. It's infectious. It doesn't stop. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place. And they upset the faith of some. They must have said something like, the only resurrection that's going to happen is one that's a spiritual resurrection. There is no real physical resurrection. And Paul said they, they have upset or overthrown the faith 
of some. He means unbelievers, not, not the faith of believers. A true believer's faith can, can ultimately be overthrown. Might be upset a little bit, but not overthrown. Now, so notice the effects of, of a false teacher. He ruins his hearers. Further ungodliness, gangrene, overthrow the faith of some. Listen, there is nothing good that comes out of false teaching. So take heed to the words of Christ. Beware of them. For those of you who stand at the two gates, pondering what to do, don't listen to them. Listen to Jesus Christ and enter the narrow gate. That is the only way to be saved. That is the only way to be saved. And if you are a believer, if you are a believer, don't listen to false teachers. Don't, if you're not sure, well, who are they and what? Just ask any of your elders. Ask, ask me personally. Don't listen because they'll confuse you. Nothing good comes out of their teaching. Let's bow for prayer. Every one of us needs to make sure that we've entered the narrow gate by faith in Christ. There's coming a day. There's coming a day when false prophets will stand in front of Christ and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. These false prophets want to take you with them. They want you right there by their side. I'm warning you from the word of God that Christ said, enter the narrow gate, enter it. That would be the most tragic thing to hear that you you sat in a church, you heard the word of God, and yet you never turned to Christ to save you. Deceived all of your your life. You'll hear, depart from me, I, I never knew you. I want to pray for you as we close. Father, I pray for those who are familiar with the Sermon on the Mount, but have never trusted you. And we know, Lord, from John 3, the only reason why they haven't trusted you is Jesus said, men love darkness. They love their own sin. Lord, I pray that you will work in the hearts of many who have never come to to faith in Christ. And I pray that you'll bring about the new birth in their lives and grant them faith and repentance. And I pray, Lord, that some, even today, will come to faith in you. I pray, Lord, for those of us who are, who have been genuinely converted, I pray that you'll help us to be discerning in who we listen to and what books we read. Lord, help us to hear as much of a man's message of what he says or what he doesn't say as much as what he does say. And I pray that you'll help us to, to not be gullible, to be those who have who have grown and continue to grow, not only in the grace, but in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus as well. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us, even as we've emphasized humility. It's easy to forget that. Easy, even as a believer, to be lifted up with our own importance, and yet we aren't. We say with Paul, we are what we are by the grace of God. And Lord, I pray that you'll drive home that truth to all of us, that we would, we would manifest Humility, servanthood to others. Not talking about ourselves, but talking about them, asking them questions, concerns, only about what benefit we can bring to them, not exploiting them for our own self-glorification. And we pray all this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. The Bible makes the path to heaven an easy one to find, but all too often our pride and the misleading words of others cloud our vision. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff has been the teaching pastor for over 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. 
We at Verse by Verse Ministries are thrilled to be able to adapt His practical messages to radio format. We are a faith ministry supported by the gifts and prayers of listeners like you. You can find us on the web at versebyverseradio.org. We have today's and many previous broadcasts available online for free downloading. Or you can listen online as well. There is also a link if you would like to find out how you can keep these classes on the air. That's versebyverseradio.org. In this passage we are studying, Jesus offered up the most terrifying words ever spoken. He said that many who think they are saved will learn too late that they are not. What does it take to be saved then? Is it an orthodox belief in Jesus and His atoning work on the cross? Is it praying the sinner's prayer? Is it raising a hand or coming to the altar during invitation? What is the difference between saving belief and ordinary belief? In the next verse-by-verse, Pastor Steve will begin to look into that difference and how understanding it can put us on the narrow road leading to the narrow gate. I hope to see you then. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's Verse by Faith Talk 570. W. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.